0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a solo episode. Um, I just have a a topic that I want to go over. I think this is a very interesting topic. I think this is something that uh, is very useful uh, and that this is something that uh, a lot of people can take a lot away from. Uh, And it's it's just not talked about much, right? So what I want to talk about is dietary adherence. So we know when usually when people try to whether it be gain weight or lose weight, but probably losing weight. Uh, Most people, you know, they just search for like what type of diet they should, they should um, go after. Right. And we kind of talked about this last week on my, on the, on the episode, but you know, they don't focus on, they focus too much on like what the, what diet to do and like what calorie amount they should do, but it's never, how do we improve the adherence there on that? Because again, it's not so much the diet that is, it's not the particular diet that you do, it's how adherent you are to it. And so I have a couple of things that I want to dive into here with this. Um, James Krieger did an awesome review on Weightology. So if you're a member of Weightology, I highly recommend you go and check this out. But if not, you know, I do want to share some things from this. I don't want to take everything from it because obviously uh, he put a lot of time and effort into this video. Um, But there are some things that I took from it that I want to share with everybody. And so Again, it doesn't matter what diet you do. So long as, let's say, for fat loss, again, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Um, and the one that's going to work best for you is the one that you can stick to. So dietary adherence is the best predictor of, again, let's just go at this from weight loss. That's the best predictor of success. Again, not the Atkins diet, not Weight Watchers, whatever it may be. It's it's Can you adhere to what you're doing? And so a lot of people think, like, for example, they are uh, – You know, they they lose some weight for a while and they think that, oh, my body just is adapted to what I'm doing and that's what it is. And and it actually turns out it's lapses in adherence, not metabolic adaptation that predicts early weight loss plateaus. Um, And so, again, people that, you know, they they have these numbers that, okay, this is what we expect somebody to lose. And, um, again, it just comes down to you're not sticking uh, to it. it's it's the adherence to it, and there's a lot of things that can affect adherence, which obviously is what I want to um, go over uh, today. But I also think it's important to kind of discuss, you know, how important adherence is. Um, also, diet, dietary adherence during weight loss also predicts uh, weight um, regain as well. Uh, You know, people that aren't as adherent to what they're doing, then they they later on um, they end up gaining more weight, and they regain the weight that they lost as well. So uh, adherence is is super crucial. Now, why is adherence difficult? Well, there's uh, James James Creed puts it. There's three things: it's physiological, psychological, and environmental barriers that are going to make uh, adherence challenging. Um, The first one is going to be. Is your increased appetite? So when you, for each one kilogram of fat loss, uh, your there's a bi- biological drive to increase calorie intake by a hundred calories. Um, so every time you lose two point two pounds, your you, your body is again, going to increase uh, its hunger and its appetite. And there's a, there's a drive to eat about hundred calories for every 2.2 pounds you lose. So already you can see where that's a challenge. If you lost 10 pounds, right? If you lost 15 pounds, 20 pounds, that's why the further you get away from it, the tougher it gets. Uh, I found that to be very interesting and something that I didn't even know uh, was the case. So uh, just to be able to put a number to that is, is super important. What's crazy about this weight loss too, is that, or the increase in hunger is that this also, this drive to overeat is going to persist for up to two years after. So again, not only is it challenging to lose weight, but then post diet is also very challenging. And so again, you see this, this, this drive to overeat uh, going on for years after. And that's why so many people struggle to, uh, keep, keep the weight off once they do lose it. Um, and then we have psychological barrier barriers, uh, you know, there's, um, cost, you know, obviously, uh a healthy diet may be perceived as more expensive. Um, you know, there's certain food preferences and eating habits that are firmly uh, ingrained in people's mind. Uh, and then there's also, you know, the complexity of food choices that you need to make when you select and prepare meals. Uh, also not to mention, uh, there's mixed messaging on what to eat and how to eat healthy. Right. Uh, and so again, then there's also, uh, you know, situational, situational barriers, you know, you had certain situations are going to require you to have to resist t- temptation, like all these things are going to play a role in it, and it can make it more challenging stress-related eating. Um, there's a difficulty with snack and meal plans, um, again, confusion around it, then you have things with like work-related issues, uh, support, like those are all big. Um, and then we have environmental barriers. Uh, again, the availability of energy-dense, hyperpalatable foods. Um, energy-dense foods, you know, being your, your tasty treats, things like that. And then hyperpalatable, meaning they're just super tasty and they're they're just easy to eat. Um, a study that James Krieger pointed out was um, they had. Uh, Ten men housed in a metabolic ward with vending machines for one week. Uh, this contained a variety of entrees, snacks, and beverages. The subjects ate 173 percent of their normal calorie needs and gained five pounds in one week. Um, so, again, having this food around you makes it just a challenge, right? So, we see that you know we, we that type of food is just always around. Um, so, so those are you know those would be the three things that get in the way of of adherence, right there, right? So now that we know what the potential barriers are that are going to hurt adherence, let's talk about the some things that we can do to uh, fix this. So the first is going to be uh, again we know in order to lose body fat you need to be in an energy deficit. Okay, so one of the things you can do to improve adherence is the effect size of the energy deficit on adherence. So uh, get greater energy deficits; they they may result in greater weight loss, and they might create more buy-in right that's that's the big thing there with it but what happens with that is there's an there's greater hunger and there's lower adherence to it so you know technically yes that can get you where you want to go and it can get you uh, that more buy-in because you're seeing results right away but that's going to lead potentially to lower adherence just because your your hunger is is um much higher uh so, so there's that. Okay. So we, we need to find that happy medium where it's like, okay, you're seeing progress, but we don't want to go too, too crazy with it right away. Because again, then you'll be super hungry and, and your are will go down. This is why when people go on these crash diets, they, they succeed very, they succeed initially, but then what happens six weeks in they're done. And then, and then the weight comes all back, right. Cause their hunger's increased. So then they, and then we have all these, this environmental, um, things that cause lapses in adherence, the psychological, the physiological and all these things add up. So again, we want to avoid going straight into this like crash diet, because again, that's just going to increase hunger and cause a lapse in adherence. Um, one of the, one of the studies that uh, James Krieger did is uh, they, he showed one where there was a 30% energy restriction um, initially, and then a 20% uh, or a 10% energy restriction um, in, in a study. And, uh, the people that were supposed to be at a 10% energy re- restriction actually went up to 20%. Um, but then you look six to 12 months in, the people that were at the 30, 30% energy restriction dropped down to 15.4%, whereas the 10% energy restriction group was still at 164 So they were still actually at a higher, uh, uh, they were in a higher, they, they were burning more calories in They were in, in a, a greater calorie deficit, even though they were told to be at, at a lower energy restriction than the 30% group, which is crazy. So um so because they were told to select their own food. And so again, what happened there is these people that were at that 30%, yeah, they stuck to it initially, but then eventually they just they couldn't they couldn't handle it anymore. Um, and then again, higher deficit was associated with greater hunger levels and less satisfaction with overall amount of food consumed. So another thing we can do to improve adherence is satiety um high high satiety diets are associated with better adherence um things that can help with that are low energy density so again think of things like um high energy high energy density would just be you know your super tasty foods um low energy density would be like things like veggies you know things that don't have a lot of calories for the amount of food um palatability so palatability is how good the diet tastes so higher palatability is Uh, not going to keep you as satiated. Therefore, you're going to have less adherence to whatever plant. And then high protein can help you feel more full. So again, this is why with clients, we recommend when you're in a fat loss phase to keep your protein relatively high. Um, And then higher fiber is also associated with, um, uh, this leads to higher satiety as well, which is going to help you with uh, better adherence uh, to fat loss. Um, So again, uh, characteristics of a high satiety diet are going to be high protein, high fiber, uh, low energy density, um, moderate palatability, reduced variety, and um, and and reduced variety is going to be things like, uh, you know, again, if you go to a buffet, um, you you're, you're more likely to overeat because there's a lot of variety, right? So you you fill up on one thing, then you go to the next, and and whatever you like eat a lot of, your body craves it less and it doesn't want it as much. So that's why if you eat the same thing, you you have less variety in your meal. You're gonna you're probably gonna eat less, and if there was like. Again, a, a regular meal, then you have dessert right after. Because even if you're super full, a lot of people can make room for a dessert, but they can't, um, they, they don't want to keep eating the same thing. So that's why we want to reduce that variety. But then again, we want to have moderate food palatability. So too much tasty food is going to cause you to crave more. But if you actually go really low food palatability to where you don't have any, it's not tasty whatsoever. You're actually going to get bored of your diet as well. So we want to have some moderate food palatability. We're like, okay, we want to have a, we wanna have some tasty food, but we don't want to have too much to where that's all you crave, then you overeat, but then we don't want it to be super bland because then you're gonna get bored and you're gonna want that tasty food anyways and probably overeat it because you're in an energy deficit. Um, we also want to increase our physical activity. This is another thing that can help you um to to adhere to your diet, your fat loss diet. A lower physical activity seems to cause appetite dysregulation. And so what we see there is uh, an example that James Krieger brought up was if you eat 100 calories now, you're not going to compensate for that later. But if you are active, you're much better at compensating later meals. So for example, say you have, um, I think in the study they did like yogurt, they had 100 calories of, let's just say 100 calories of yogurt. People that were more active, they, they tended to eat they tended to eat hundred less calories in that subsequent meal. Whereas people who were uh, less active, they, they tended to, uh, they, they just, they still ate that extra hundred calories. Um, so this is where, you know, we, we talk about, Hey, keeping a high, uh, for somebody that has low levels of physical activity, we, you know, we really try to work on getting them more uh, physically active. So that way they can, you know, they they're able to regulate their appetite much better. Um, obviously staying more active is also going to cause you to burn more calories, which, you know, in turn is, uh, going to help you get into an energy deficit. But the big thing with the physical activity is, Hey, this is going to cause, this is going to cause you to, uh, regulate your appetite better, which is something that we don't really think about. And then we want to increase barriers for barriers for trigger foods. Again, keep foods out of sight, even healthy foods. Uh, again, this can lead to, uh, mindless snacking, um, some things that you can do here are have more foods that you need to prepare rather than food. You can just heat up or eat from the bag. And, and even like healthy food should probably be kept out of sight um, to help reduce uh, just snacking. You know, again, these are foods that even though they're quote unquote healthy, like they can add up. So really like to preach no snacking with clients who are in a fat loss phase just because again it's just even if it's healthy snacking it's just going to lead to more eating because you're not ever really filling up um, i think that's just a big issue a uh, big problem for a lot of people is they 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 just graze throughout the day and, and you end up just wanting to eat more you think that i'm not eating a lot so it's not gonna make a big deal but then that just makes you want to continue to eat more and more and you never get full so you're just literally adding extra calories um, and then in food storage areas, reduce visibility of less ha- healthy options by burying them behind or beneath more healthy options. Um, and two, you can you know keep less healthy food in like cabinet cabinets. Cabinet, so you need to get a key to it. Um, and then you know keeping foods in a more like whole, less prepared form is going to help you eat less, right? If you're you're less likely to eat a whole orange that you have to peel versus sliced oranges. Um, and then, like I said earlier, we keep foods in the house that you have to prepare or cook rather than simply opening a bag or grabbing something off the shelf. And then just keep problem foods completely out of the environment. Uh, basically, the TLDR here is just make it more difficult in general to eat. And I, I kind of mentioned this on my post about, uh, I made a post earlier this week about just keep pro- problem foods out of the house And somebody mentioned, you know, hey, I, I can't do that um, when, you know, I have somebody else living with me and I'm kind of at the mercy of what they have. And You know, unfortunately for you, you either have this option of talking to them being like, Hey, can we just keep it out of sight? Can we lock these things up? You know, you just have to have that conversation with them. And and if that's not something that's doable, then unfortunately you're just going to have to use more willpower. Uh, It sucks, but, but it is what it is. You can't do anything about that. Um, Your situation obviously is just less than ideal there, but you know, doing the best you can to keep these foods out of reach and out of sight are going to be your your best options here. A big thing here too, is, is have a plan those who have a plan and know, why, and what they're doing are going to be more likely to succeed. Um, you know, having a plan is have a plan for how long the diet will be. Again, I think we talked about this last week on what needs to be in a fat loss diet. Too many people just, they don't have a plan for how long they're going to do it. It's just this never ending uh, cycle of fat loss. And what happens there is, you, you know, just, it feels like it's never going to end. So you just keep um, you just you kind of get in this trap of oh crap this is how it's always going to be and so you need to have a plan for how long it's going to be Again, for most clients we like to do eight to 12 weeks uh, you can stretch that out a little bit to 16 to 20 weeks but for the most part eight to 12 weeks probably is going to be best for most and then two just having a general plan for each day like if you're going to go into each day with no plan you're going to be more likely to um, see a lapse in adherence just because you don't have a plan it's it's harder to make these choices, especially when you're hungry. You've been dieting for a while, so you need to have a general plan. Again, this doesn't have to be okay. I have to have two ounces of this, uh, twenty grams of this. No, it's just you know have have a general idea of like okay, this is what say for example, proteins your trouble spot. Okay, I know this is what my proteins are going to be for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then my snack. Snack being a high protein snack because again, we don't want to just snack. Again, a pre planned snack. But then you know what your protein is for that. And then after that, you just kind of have to fill in the gaps. That's better than just being like, nope, I have no freaking idea what I'm going to do. Or again, just having an idea of how many meals you're going to eat per day. Just any type of plan is going to be better than none. If you want, it can be everything. You can have everything planned out, uh, but you don't necessarily have to do that. And have a plan for social social situations. These are going to pop up. And if you, again, don't have any plan around them, like say it's a Saturday and you don't have any plan for earlier in the day for what you're going to do on Saturday, if you don't have any plan, you're just going to be more likely to fail. Uh, so you need to have a plan for social situations. This is something that I always talk to clients with. It's like, hey, you know, let me know when you have these situa- when you have these social situations coming up or, or you had one. So if you know one's coming up, we can talk through it. Hey, this is a general plan that you can have for this. Or say, for example, they had one and I'm like, hey, how come you didn't let me know? It's you know, fine, but just moving forward, let me know so we can work around this. What are some things that you learned? What can you do better um, the next time? Um, but Again, just having a plan and an idea of how to manage those are going to be key because they're going to come up and um, they are tough to manage, but again, having some sort of plan is going to be better than, than none there for that. Another big thing to improve dietary adherence is uh, focus on flexible restraint, not rigid restraint. Um, flexible restraint means you make your choices that get you closer to your goal, but you aren't so rigid that you can never go off the plan. And then think of rigid restraint as all-or-nothing thinking. Uh, so with this, um, you know, we want to have some, we want to have restraint, right? I, I think, you know, we talk a lot about flexible dieting. Flexible dieting doesn't mean you can eat what you want when you want, how often. You, want. you need to have some uh, strategies around it, and so that's really what this flexible restraint means. Is you know, we want to. Be flexible, but we do need to have some restraint, whereas rigid restraint is, say you follow the meal plan, and anytime you have to go off of it, it's like, well, screw it. I'm done. I'm, I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about today at all. That's that's rigid restraint, and that's what we want to be careful with. That's why when people are like, just tell me three things I need to eat all day, and that's it. It's like, but what happens when you can't follow that? We need to be flexible because rigid restraint is just going to cause you to uh, just, again, feel too rigid with it, and it, it's just going to make adherence a challenge. Another thing we can do to improve adherence is just going to be, see where your trouble spots are. Um, are there certain times you seem to fall off? Like, is it probably not morning? Most people don't fall off their diet in the morning. It's usually at night, right? So see what time of day <clears throat> seems to be a trouble spot for you. If it's evening, okay, what, what can you do to tell that? Is it okay? We're going to have larger meals at dinner that are more, again, they're going to be higher protein, higher fiber, lower energy density. So that way you're not you don't eat and then later in two hours you're super hungry again and then obviously you're sitting at home. Um, you know, to see what time of day are your 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 uh, your trouble spots are and, and that can help you uh come up with a plan around that. Two are there there are places, situations you seem to fall off more. Is it uh, at work? You know maybe at work you you bring your lunch, you're not super excited about it, but your coworkers bring they got pizza and then you know what, you get, you get upset and then so you eat what they have. Um, just because you feel like you're being left out? Um, or is there just like snacks laying around the office all the time or something like that? Like if that's a trouble situation, then obviously that's something that you need to dive into and you need to work around that and, and see what the best course of action is for that. Is it at home? Again, going back to the environmental stuff, do you have these types of foods laying around the house? You know, That's something that like, okay, you know what? You're right. I thought about this. At home, I have a lot of these tasty foods. That's actually what is causing me to go off because whenever I, uh, I'm at home, uh, it's the evening. I'm bored. I'm watching TV. There's a bag of chips in the pantry. super easy to get. Then I used to eat the whole bag, then I'm hungry, I continue to eat more. Um, and, and you're like, you know what? That's probably a, a big reason why I'm not seeing I'm not being able to stick to my diet. Well, then you know that you can at least now you have the awareness of it to, to try and fix it. Social situations, just like we just talked about, are those your trouble spots? Do you crush it throughout the week? um, all the time. And then on the weekends you have an event and that, and then during that event, you just go crazy. I have a client, uh, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but you know, for example, he likes to drink and we've really tried to work on moderating that drinking, but for him, it's like drinking is either this all or nothing thing where it's like, I'm either, I'm not worried about it at all. Like, I'm just going to drink as much as I want. I'm going to have 15, 15 plus drinks. I'm going to do whatever because I'm drinking. I can do what I want. Which you can do what you want, obviously, but he's just going to drink whatever he wants, and then or it's like I'm not drinking at all. It's like, oh, man, we need to, you know you gotta you gotta find ways to manage that situation better, and we're really trying to work on that. But again, ultimately, it's up to the client, and I can give him tips and things on how to work around that. But ultimately, it's up to him if he wants to make that that choice. But again, if social situations are what's holding you back, and in this particular situation, I do think for him, you know, he crushes it all the time, but then he you know he has a lifestyle that. He likes to go out, hang out with people. And, and, and that usually involves some drinking. And that's what's causing him to... He, he's seen great progress, but that's what's that's his holdup right now. And I've told him that, like, hey, this is your holdup. You know, you can't... Like, obviously, you can work around it, but it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be very challenging. You're going to have to be on... Everything else is just going to have to be that much more um, optimal. Uh, and so, you know, we need to work on... Managing that. If you can work on managing that, you're you're gonna break through that barrier and you're gonna see this this next like level of of progress. Um, but until he's ready to do that, it will probably be one of these things where he'll see progress, but it's never going to be to that next level. And then also, like, how do you manage times when you're less motivated? Is that time like if you're less motivated, maybe something happens at work, you're feeling down, and you're just feeling in the dumps? What, what do you do in that time? Do you continue to stick with it, or do you go off the plan? Like, do you is that when you you know, go crazy with it, right? Those are, you need to see how you manage. Um, you need to see how you manage those times uh, when, when you're less motivated. Uh, so yeah, that's it on the dietary adherence. You know, those are some tips that you can do to really I- improve your adherence to, to the plan. You know, I think it's super important that we find ways to improve that because again, this is the most important uh predictor of weight loss success is how you you know if you can adhere to what you're doing and so so i feel like these are, are good things that can help you uh stick to the diet better and then obviously once you get the diet done then you obviously have the the after diet portion which is even tougher um but again we i've talked about that a few times i've written a blog on that um how to how to maintain your weight loss uh after after a diet uh Hopefully that was helpful. Um, If you have any questions on this topic, let me know. Or if there's anything else that you feel like needs to be added to it, uh, you can always reach out to me via email, uh, jhfitness1991 at gmail.com, or my Instagram. Uh, If you follow me on there, always reach out and ask me any questions with that. Um, So That's all I got for you guys today. Uh, If you have any questions, let me know. We'll talk soon.